Welcome back to the Raider Report podcast, everyone. My name is Nick Benvenuto. I'm the news editor for the Right State Guardian, joined as always by Claire O'Toole, social media assistant. Hey, guys. Maxwell Patton, Right Life reporter. Hello, everyone. And today we have a special guest with us, Director of University Academic Advising, Amanda Graham Spencer. Amanda, how are you doing today? Hey, everyone. I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. Um, it should be an interesting conversation. We spoke with one of your work colleagues, Tim Lytell, last week, and he had referred you to us. So I'm excited to learn more about you and some of the things that you've been involved with here at Wright State and some of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis at Academic Advising and how everything's been affected um, during the coronavirus and this return to campus next fall. So, so Amanda, can you do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself and your position here at Wright State? Yes, Absolutely. Um, my, as, as you shared at the beginning, my position um, on campus currently is Director of University Academic Advising. Um, and for anyone who doesn't uh, know about the structure of academic advising on campus, um, academic advising is centrally coordinated and decentrally delivered. So that means that uh, academic advising is housed under uh, university-wide University Academic Advising. And then we have different academic advising units housed in each of the academic colleges on campus, including University College. Um, the academic advising unit and University College serves our students who are undecided um, about their major, who are exploratory um, in terms of a major selection, and then also our students who are College Credit Plus, which um, are the high school students who are still in high school taking um, college classes. There are some faculty advisors um, on campus, like uh, there are some within the College of Science and Math, there are some within the College of Liberal Arts, but on the whole, the majority of academic advisors um, are full-time professional staff members under university academic advising. So that's my current role. I oversee all of okay. the um, academic advising units. I um, actually first came to Wright State in 2006. So quite um, a while ago, I was an academic advisor in University College initially. Um, I became an academic advisor in the Rushland College of Business um, at one point as well. I was also assistant director um, in the Rushland College of Business for their advising unit prior to transitioning to this position in um, August of 2017. So I've been um, both full-time advising, um, half-time advising, half-time administrating, um, and then right now uh, a full-time administrator. But I do still um, 
chip in with academic advising appointments uh, as needed. Maybe in a unit we might be um, transitioning if an advisor has left and we're bringing a new, new advisor on to the team. Um, so somebody needs to kind of chip in and help keep um, students served during that time of transition. Mm -hmm. um, I've done that for different advising units. I just am doing that right now for the Rushman College of Business. So mm -hmm. um, I do still have advising appointments from time to time, and I confess I love that. Um, I love still having student interaction, um, being able to have conversations with students, because um, it definitely keeps me... Um, like it keeps it keeps me centered and grounded in terms mm -hmm. of the work that we're doing to where I don't lose sight of the student voice um, and mm -hmm. what our students are trying to accomplish. OK, that's awesome. Have you always been interested in advising? Is this something that you wanted to do while you were getting your undergrad and your master's or is this something that, you know, happened later? Um, it definitely happened later, Nick. So but looking back, um, this, this may be totally off topic, but looking back, um, when I was an undergrad, I used to like volunteer to create um, schedules for like people that were on my residence hall, like my dorm floor. Like I would be like, oh, you're registering for classes. Let me help you put your schedule together. Or like, I thought that that was fun <laughs> at the time. I was probably the only 18 year old that actually <laughs> thought that that was a good time. Um, and that was before we were able to schedule. I mean, I'm dating myself, but before we were able to schedule on a computer, we had to like use a course catalog and type in like a press button from the phone. Um, mm -hmm. So I've always been intrigued with that, almost like like a puzzle to say, okay, this mm -hmm. is what we're trying to um, to reach, and then these are, you know, your practice schedule or your work schedule, or your time constraints. And let's see how we can fit this all together. Um, but I know I did not know what I wanted to do when I was an undergrad. I got I earned two majors and a minor. I wasn't really sure what I wanted, so I thought, well, let's see if we can kind of throw as much as we can in four years and hope that something's going to stick. Um, Wait, so you said that you had, you had two majors and a minor at the exact same time. Yes. And I, Oh wow. <laughs> Holy cow. And I graduated and I still was like, I'm not really quite sure what I wanted to do. Uh, my parents, of course, you can imagine how they were a little disappointed in that. They're like, we're really happy that you graduated. We wish you had a little more direction. Um, mm -hmm. But so I decided to do AmeriCorps after undergrad. Um, and that was just a one-year term of service. And so what is that? Can you explain that a little like, bit? That's um, like domestic Peace Corps. So that's like um, students, or not students, but people who usually the Peace Corps would maybe be um, like abroad, maybe at another country. Um, and then mm -hmm. the AmeriCorps is um, U.S.-based. So I was in inner city Columbus um, working with at-risk populations and trying to help provide them um, with support for um, children who were in elementary school who had food insecurities. Oh, okay, okay. But since that was just a year of service, um, mm -hmm. I knew after like six months, I had to start looking for um, a position again. And I was noticing that all of the jobs that I was applying to were at universities and in colleges. Um, and then I'm starting with just seeing a trend, like, okay, every single job. And that was just because I thought, well, I think that's an environment I would want to be in for my career. And then I discovered that you can get a graduate degree um, in higher education administration. Um, different schools have a, have a different title of the degree. But then I went to University of Dayton um, and 
I was just thrilled to, to know that I could get a degree in that. Um, and then that's how I kind of transitioned into a higher education field, just discovering that you could get a degree in it um, when I was naturally looking for positions in that area. So, so I'm sorry, I got us on tangent, but that was no, kind of good. how you're I good. ended awesome. up in that. Um, I started with career advising, um, like resumes, cover letters, interviewing, and then I kind of backed into academic advising and I started academic advising in 04 and I've been doing that in some form or fashion um, every year since. Nice. That's, That's awesome. Great. What's um so what do you enjoy most about your job uh, as an academic advisor? I would say it is helping our students reach their goal, whatever that goal is. Um so sometimes a student can come to you and say, I want to complete this certificate, or I want to um you know, complete a, a graduate a graduate degree. I helped advise in the MBA at some time or an undergraduate degree or even an associate's degree. So whatever the student's goal is, you are doing everything you can to help them achieve their goal and support them um, along the, the way to reaching that. Um, and then sometimes other things come up even while they are in process of of reaching their goals. Life happens all the time. And so it's just working with them to continue to support them and motivate them um, and help them resolve anything that might come up between the time they first come um, to campus and enroll until they graduate. And sometimes it's even continuing to support them um, as alumni after they've graduated. Wow, that's awesome. How has uh, COVID impacted um your job and your students. I know that I had mentioned before that we've always talked about that on this podcast, how COVID's changed everyone's lives. Yes, Claire, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I think kind of the biggest thing is just, as you all know, um, last March, uh, a year ago, when we when this all happened, we all moved really, really quickly um, to transition into, you know, a remote service to working at home. So I think we all thought, like, at least with an advising, oh, this is just supposed to be for a couple weeks. Um, and then the couple weeks what turned into, this is just supposed to be till the end of spring semester. And then we'll see. So like at the time when we left, quote, left campus last March, if someone would have said, okay, this is going to be roughly a year, I think we would have approached it totally differently um, in terms of what all do we need. It was it was just, we did the best that we could in terms of what we knew at the time. Um, but before COVID, we offered students academic advising appointments, you know, either in person or over the phone, um, a phone appointment, um, or they could email in their questions. Like we could just email back and forth with questions. So um, almost immediately when the university went to a remote delivery, um, CATS, you you all know CATS, CATS provided Mm -hmm. the university with the WebEx tool. Um, So whether it is, an instructor teaching their courses that way or appointments that way. Um, so we learned very quickly, as, as quickly as possible, how to utilize WebEx in order to have remote academic advising appointments. So um, we jumped on that right away and it really has been um, 
a way to try to make the best out of out of kind of the hand we were dealt in terms of being able to see students face to face, share our screens with them to where we can look at the degree audit together, to where we can look at the course selections together. Just um, this week, I had several advising appointments, and so I shared my screen and we reviewed um, the course fact sheets together, the degree audits together, we looked at classes together. So that was a really nice way, to, I mean, WebEx is a really nice tool to still be able to look at the same screen with students, look at the same information. Um, I was able to you know, use my mouse to say, okay, you see this area I'm pointing to right here, this shows it's been satisfied, or it shows you still have two classes left, or, um, or what have you. So I would say the WebEx tool has been the biggest change in terms of the way we've been serving our students. Um, and it's really been a game changer. I, I feel like if we had only had phone appointments or email appointments, um, it would have been much harder to serve our students over the past year. So now as a result of WebEx, we offer academic advising appointments virtually through WebEx and phone, and then of course students still email back and forth with questions. Yeah, it's just not the same without that face-to-face -face contact. Yes. How are the students that you advise responding? How have they responded to changes in advising? I would say on the whole, they have responded positively in the fact that they understand that we are trying to do the best we can with what we have. I mean, I think to be honest, I think it would be totally different if every like if COVID hadn't happened and advising just said, okay, we're going to do WebEx for everything now. Then I don't think they would have probably been as understanding. But since the whole campus was going through this, or you know, the whole nation, the world, everyone was was reacting to this and these guidelines, these you know health guidelines, six feet, social distancing, all of that. Um, at least the students that I've been talking to in our appointments, they have seemed, you know, to understand that these are the constraints we have, but we still want to try to look at you, talk to you, mm -hmm. um, and support you in every way we can. So I would say mm -hmm. it's positive in the fact that they've been understanding. Um, but like you said, is it the same? Absolutely not. Yeah, and you're not the bad guy. Like you said, you know, it's not like you had something come up that requires you to use WebEx. Everybody's figuring it out at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of the population of students that you normally see, have you seen an increase or decrease in the amount of students contacting advising since the pandemic? Claire, I would say it, it has just shifted, if you will. Interesting. So, like, it's just kind of a little bit different. Like, obviously, before when we had our open offices, a lot of times um, students would just pop in and just say, hey, can I ask this question? Or yeah. we would have, when we were in person, um, a lot of our advising units would have, like, right at the beginning of every semester, they would have maybe, like, an express advising where, or a drop-in advising. So those things we couldn't really do with WebEx. Um, it just didn't have that feature. But we have had a massive increase in terms of email advising um, or students responding um, to like, uh, like we send our surveys out via text message now um, instead of other ways uh, where we were in email before. So we've tried to adapt and shift 
because um, I know students are getting massive amounts of emails. Um, so it's been interesting. So a lot of times students won't really respond to an email that we send in terms of saying, you know, can you fill out this survey or um, click on this link? But they will initiate when they're ready to talk over email, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, that's nice. And if you get, if you have shyer students who are more introverted, not like me who always loved around my mouth, but if you have <laughs> kids who just throw a little shyer, that's great. It has been nice. Again, like we said, we understand that we're kind of all in this together and we're just trying to say, let us still support you. Let us still serve you. It may look differently than it did in January and February of 2020, but our hearts are still in the same place of wanting to do everything we can to make sure you feel supported um, and well-equipped to make these life decisions or navigate this campus as you are completing your educational goals. Well, I can definitely speak from a student perspective and say we're really lucky to have you. Even though I've never worked with you, I know that we are. Thank you, Claire. I really appreciate it. You just made my day. Thank you. I have a follow-up question for you, Amanda. Yeah. And then, Maxwell, you can take over right after me. Um, so one of the things that we spoke to Tim about um, last week on the podcast was, um, you know, things that um, things that have been learned from the coronavirus and, you know, tools that have been implemented because of the coronavirus, but might carry over post coronavirus um, and moving forward. Um, so do you think that, you know, some of the tools that you guys have been able to utilize, such as WebEx and this online format, are there certain aspects of that that are going to remain even after the coronavirus or might be a, like a viable option um, in, a, in addition to, you know, going back to in-person and and seeing people in person, are there elements of the online format that are probably going to remain even after COVID? Yes, Nick, that's my goal. To be to be totally honest, like I I can't you know totally foresee what fall will look like. But if I had my way, students when they initiate an appointment request, whether it's over the mm -hmm. phone or in person or whatever, in terms of their initiation of the request, I would I want our um, students to be presented with options to say, okay, would you like an in-person appointment? Would you like a phone appointment? Would you like a WebEx appointment? And so mm -hmm. students would be able to say, um, you know, maybe WebEx works well for me um, because I need to get an appointment at this time and it's 10 minutes before mm -hmm. I have to leave for work or we'll be done right before I leave for work or whatever, or a phone is really going to be best for me or I'm going to be leaving class five minutes before that, I'll stop in in person. So I want students to be able to still have that level of convenience that WebEx does provide. Um, again, like, like we said with Claire, it's definitely not the same, but if it's an option that a student requests, like if a student says, for this, for this opportunity, the convenience is what I'm looking for. Or with this question, I don't need to map something out where a face-to-face -face would be better. I'm okay to just talk to somebody over the screen really quickly or something like that. Yes, I definitely want, If again, if, if I'm able to, if we have the technology and the support and all of that, I want WebEx to continue to be able to be an option for students, for sure. That's awesome. Um, it makes me happy to hear, you know, the positivity coming out of, of some side of the, the whole COVID, you know, pandemic and everything. That was one of the things that Tim had relayed with us last week um, in terms of um, tutoring services is what we were talking about that kind of got, got us on this topic was, you know, the, the availability for online tutoring and how 
And Tim had known for a while that that might be an option here. But, you know, when COVID came in, it, it turned from an option into something that was being implemented within, you know, a week or two. Um, and he said that he wanted to be able to continue to provide those services, um, you know, either in person or online post COVID as well. So I think it's cool that you guys and academic advising are going to be, you know, at least wanting to, to implement the same exact sort of thing. Yes, exactly. So it would be an option, just not the only option. Like now it's pretty much the only option. And hopefully yeah. in the fall, it would be one of a couple or two or three different options. So yeah. you're exactly right. And then they could choose. What do you want? I want them to have as much choices or as many options as possible to pick what's going to be most convenient for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Amanda, you're mentioning about um, academic advising moving online with everything that's been going on. Uh, if students need remote assistance from their advisor, how is, how is that done? Yes, actually, um, we have a page on that. So on our website, we um, it is right.edu slash advising. Um, and over to the right side is um, a section for advising resources. And under the advising resources is a tab for, and it's titled Remote Academic Advising Support. And then when you click on that, the whole page is for remote advising support, and it's broken down by each academic advising location in each college. Um, so it's all listed right there. And then along with that academic, I'm sorry, along with the advising resources, um, there are, I mean, um, Next question, just previously, I forgot to mention, uh, when you said, what are things that maybe we've learned or, or knowledge that we've gained that we can move forward mm -hmm. to along with the WebEx, but we have had um, really made tremendous strides in um, like videos, like video support for um, advising resources. We have had um, incredible team members take it upon themselves in their free time to create little YouTube videos, um, little um, videos walking students through finding their advisor, course registration support, reading your degree audit, et, et cetera. So these are all things awesome. that we had to create in in a bind pretty much. Um, but like you guys have talked about, that these hopefully these videos, I mean, they're going to continue to be able to serve our students well into the future. I mean, well into yeah, absolutely. however, the, if they want to watch 11 o'clock at night or whatever. So that's on there too, as well as with, under the advising support, in addition to the remote academic advising support. And then most recently, under advising resources, we um, have been able to add a video uh, pay, a page of multiple videos so walking students through how to use Pilot, um, which has been excellent. And that was created by the university's um, Center for Teaching and Learning. So students, you know, especially students who are brand new to our university, don't really know the ins and outs um, for their first semester to have a lot of their classes be on Pilot. This is a really great resource to uh, walk them through how to use this tool, this learning tool, to where they feel comfortable using the Dropbox, um, accessing the syllabi on the pilot page, things like that. So all of that is on write.edu slash advising. Um, and then you can pick different options off to the side. That's interesting. I think that'll be super helpful for students, uh, especially when they're trying to figure out what classes to 
uh, register for for the fall. So with that, what are you most looking forward to or most excited for with the uh, return to campus this fall? I miss the most, like the impromptu conversations that happen uh, maybe when you are passing someone walking to and from a building or in a tunnel or um, in the hangar or outside of the Union Market or something like that. So just those, and then that's where a lot of the relationships are built and the personal connections um, are built and solidified. And so, yes, we can have meetings or have appointments virtually. I mean, we've done it for um, a year, but you just don't really have those impromptu conversations and opportunities to just say, oh, by the way, or maybe like as, as you're leaving a meeting or as you're leaving a class, just kind of stepping off to the side and just talking a little bit more. Um, it's pretty, now it's like people log off and then they just go upstairs or go around the corner or just they're, they're home, they're with themselves. Um, whereas when you're leaving a classroom, you're walking, usually walking um, with people either to the parking lot or to another classroom or something like that. So those are the things that I think that I have missed and I'm most looking forward to in the fall. Um, also, I've discovered as a result, and this is just personal, but I've discovered as a result of being working remotely that I am a person that processes things by talking. Like I have to kind of, I, I term it, I have to talk it out. So I just didn't know that about myself before, but I would be working and then I'd be here by myself that I didn't have anybody to talk things out with. Whereas before I would just walk down the hall or I would just pop into someone's office. Um, so that is one thing I've learned about myself to where in order to kind of, um, break a problem down into manageable chunks or to really have a new perspective of things. It helps me to talk something out. And when I'm by myself, that's, that's kind of hard to do. So that's something else I'm looking forward to, too. Just being able to bounce ideas off people. Um, and I think it's easier to brainstorm in person as well. It's funny you say that, Amanda. I'm the exact same way. Um, so I've I've been lucky enough to where I've had opportunities to go into the office, um, into the Guardian's office and kind of work in there and Anytime Kenzie, our editor in chief, or Dylan, our business manager, um, you know, some or anybody in the office is there, I, I quickly find myself just bouncing ideas off of them, and it's something that you know I didn't really know about myself either until you know I had the opportunity to, to do both work here at home and then go back into the office where I might have one or two people. I'm like, man, it really does help me get my work done and help the day just go by when you have somebody to just bounce a couple ideas off of or just have a quick little conversation with it. It can really change your entire day. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I thought, oh my gosh, am I broken? I, no, I'm the exact that, same way. That, that's great. I appreciate it. In talking about registering for fall and you know the classes that are going to be coming up, is there anything that you've been made aware of or anything that you would like students to know as far as like special changes for registering for classes um, or you know with, with things coming back in person, should they be checking um, you know, to see um, if their class is going to be in person or if it's going to be remote delivery? Is, is there anything that students should be made aware of? Yes, that's, I'm so glad you asked that. That's perfect. So um, in terms of the process of registration, that's all going to be the same, you know, Wings Express, all of that. Um, but I want to really highlight that students 
really need to look at the course attribute section when they're searching classes. It's the very, very, like when you're pulling up classes, um, it's the very far right of the screen and it's the course attributes that will list the delivery mode. So it will say face-to-face -face, or it will say fully online, no set meeting time or fully online with a set meeting time or hybrid, something of those sorts. So what I want students to see is that there's gonna be both fully online with no set meeting time, and then fully online with a set meeting time. And the, the set meeting time is where it'll be an online class, but the instructor will be, you know, expecting the class to all be there at Thursdays at two o'clock or something like mm -hmm. that, versus it just being um, a standalone, online course that a student can do at their own pace. So we so have that's the that's the synchronous versus asynchronous thing that we've all been going through, correct? Exactly right. Yes. Okay. And so there's been a lot of students who we've connected with that they said, well it's simply online. So I thought it was online. Um but I'm like, yes, but it says went online with a set meeting time. So just because it says online, it doesn't mean you can go at your own pace whenever you have time to work on it. So it's that course attribute section that will tell students all the information that they need to know. Um, and they they should see a noticeable difference in terms of the amount of in-person classes compared to fall 20, this current spring 21, and even summer 21. The fall 21 will have more face-to-face -face class options for sure. And, and students can see classes now. So um, if they didn't know, you can, Currently, you can register for summer classes now, and then if you mm -hmm. change the course selection, you can view fall classes now as well. You just can't start registering them um, for fall classes. But depending on when this um, podcast is shared, some of our priority registration students might be able to start registering at that point. Those are our students um, who have priority registration honors students. Um, okay. Things like that. Yeah. the The episode will be airing, and anybody listening to this, it'll be originally airing on Monday, the twenty second. So, when does when does the majority of classes for the fall? Um, when are they going to be open for the majority of students to register? The beginning of April. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, anyone who's registering at like after like this week or next week is going to be priority registration, or like our graduate students. But the majority mm -hmm. of undergraduate students will be able to register the beginning of April. Um, and, and please note, everyone who's listening, that's all based on credit hours. So someone who has 90 credits earned will register before someone with 30 credits earned. So it's your assigned registration date uh, is based on credit hour completion. And if you have any questions on when you are able to register, you can click on the registration status link in Wings Express. So that's under student and financial aid section of Wings Express. Um, and then you click on registration and records and then registration status. And that will tell you the date and time you can register. If you click on Wings Express and you get to that registration status and you see a date from maybe February or March, then that means you accidentally are under summer term. You need to go back to the term and change it to fall 21, and then that will tell you the date and time you can register for fall. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for that valuable information. Yeah. Um, so here is the last question. This is something that we ask everybody. Um, gives us a little something to laugh about. So with the busy schedule that you keep and trying to keep in track of, you know, all of the different things going on in academic advising, do you drink coffee? And if you do, how do you like your coffee? I have to confess, you guys are all going to think I'm a weirdo, but I do not drink <laughs> coffee. And that is only because I had plain coffee once as a as a young child, like eight maybe, and it oh, just no. scarred me. And it was like plain, <laughs> like no sugar, no cream. It was totally plain. And it was just blah. And so now <laughs> I think I've been scarred for life against coffee. But when you talked about a monster drink, then I perked up. So I do drink energy drinks, just not coffee. So I get the caffeine, okay. but just in a different way. <laughs> What's your favorite energy drink? I love the monster hydros. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I do. I don't know. I'm like, oh, it's practically water. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's funny. So uh, you can listen to our radio station. Yes, the campus has a radio station. Surprise. Uh, it is uh, WWSU 106.9 FM. And it is Dane's Right Choice. And you can listen to really anything you want. We have a lot of shows on there, uh, ranging from comedy to sports uh, to music. Uh, firstly, I host a show called Rock and Raider, which airs right before this on Mondays. And um, from 3 to 5 p.m., uh, I go over uh, pop culture, because I'm a nerd, and uh, just play a lot of music. And we've been recently integrating the Musically Right podcast, which is something I've been doing uh, for my senior year, um, into the show. Uh, so this upcoming show that you would have just listened to uh, will have been Hannah Bond, uh, who is a uh, senior choreographer for the Emerging Dance Concert. It was a super fun conversation. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, Nick is actually in the next episode. So it was a super fun conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy that as well. Yes, shout out WWSU 106.9 and shout out Maxwell and the Musically Right podcast. Be sure to listen to our episode. I had a lot of fun recording with Maxwell the other day. Um, we covered topics, you know, talking about my favorite music and where my um, inspiration comes from for, for my favorite music, some of my favorite bands. We talk about concerts and festivals and the return of, of those, um, those events, you know, post-COVID. Um, so yeah, check all of that stuff out. Check out our social medias at The Guardian, at WSU Guardian on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, all over the place, TikTok, anywhere there's a social media platform. We are there giving, your, giving you guys your right source of news. I want to thank Claire and Maxwell for being here, as always, and helping us um, cover these cover these subjects with our special guest. And this week, I really want to give a shout out and a big thanks to Amanda for being here. Um, and teaching us a little bit more about her day-to-day -day routine and academic advising and some of the, the services that are provided here to Wright State students. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us and give us a little bit more insight. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I really love being here. It was a great time. Yes, Absolutely. And with that, we will be back next week with another episode. Um, so like I said, be on the lookout for that. Check our social medias at WSU Guardian. Um, and have a good day, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. See you, everyone.